1: In this culture where we are not going to agree on everything, if we can be grounded in the truth of who God says we are, that we, we are made in his image, we are both uh, more sinful than we would like to think of ourselves, and yet we are infinitely more loved in Christ than we, than we could ever even imagine or put a word to. I think that's for Christians. Where it starts to be grounded in that sense, so that so that you can go out into the public square and have all sorts of conversations with people uh, that you might disagree with on any number of issues.
0: Welcome to this week's Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons, a program brought to you in cooperation between Q Ideas and Faith Radio. I'm Paul Perot and Gabe, there are so many topics we could discuss. Today we have something that's so non-controversial, right? Excited today to talk about
2: politics.
0: All right, maybe not, but Gabe, why are we addressing it again?
2: We've become so entrenched in our points of view, how we think about politics, how it's framed up for us from major media. And sometimes it's just helpful to step outside of that. And we're going to talk about that today with our guest, Jeff Pickering, from the AEI American Enterprise Institute.
0: Yeah, again, Gabe, it's one of those topics you don't shy away from. In fact, recently with the NextGen Summit you hosted for a crowd of young people, political engagement, again, was a key topic you addressed.
2: As we head into this next conversation, it's going to be about the next generation, but very focused on how are they thinking about politics and, and how can us working hard to share the stories that allow people to imagine maybe a different way of approaching politics, how can that inspire them and how can it help them? And so we're going to be talking with Jeff Pickering from AEI, and we're talking about a film that we have as part of our Q Media platform called For the Love of Neighbor, Politics for the Common Good. Let's listen in now. Jeff, welcome to the Q Ideas podcast. Hey, Gabe. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we are... Excited to talk more about all that you're seeing and experiencing as we think about the next generation and we think about the world of politics. How do we think well about this? Obviously, for anybody paying attention, we've seen that become one of the most divisive spaces, um, not just for the world, but we've seen it particularly in Christian contexts now, where there's a lot of vitriol amongst even good, faithful Christians who have very different views on policy, on candidates, on how to Think Well About That, and AEI and your work has been all about helping people become just more informed and imaginative about what it might look like for us to think about advancing the common good. So for those who aren't aware of some of your work, maybe maybe just give us some context as to the space that you're in and the goals of this project.
1: Certainly. Well, um, so we're talking here, this this project was a documentary film Uh, that our team here at AEI's Initiative on Faith and Public Life uh, produced recently within the last couple of years. Uh, The film's called For Love of a Neighbor, Politics for the Common Good, Um, and it it traces stories of particularly three individuals um, that are involved in politics and public life uh, at the local level, at the national level, uh, and at the community level uh, as well. Um, But it this documentary came out of more than a decade of work here at AEI's initiative on faith and public life, which um, at its core, our organization uh, within the institution of AEI here uh, is an outreach arm to Christian college students. Uh, So we're an outreach program, produce events, we produce content, um, all with the uh, with the aim of connecting with Christian college students, helping them and equipping them to think deeply about faithful participation in contemporary American public life, uh, and to connect them with the scholarship of our think tank, uh, so the American Enterprise Institute here in Washington, D.C., which is a public policy research organization that's been around for nearly a century. Uh, and uh, yeah, so that's our, that's a bit about our work, and, and this documentary came out of a decade of Connecting with christian college students it's it's a wonderful piece. I know we featured
2: it at Q ideas and also on Q media for a season um, because it tells these stories as you mentioned. And one of the people it follows is Justin Gibbony, who created the and campaign he's been someone we've interviewed many times and has given talks at our q conference events because he has been someone that's just fighting for people to understand there's a both and here, like we don't just get to pick sides, we have to work through the depth and the complexities of difficult issues. And as you mentioned, so much of your focus is the next generation. You're on college campuses all the time. Some of our listeners are college students, but many have kids who are college students or they're very aware of like this college environment today and how it's becoming difficult for people to share their points of view. I think one of the latest studies I I saw in the last few months was showing that somewhere somewhere near the high 50%, almost 60% of of conservative college students don't speak out. They don't share their views because for fear of retribution, for fear of their point of view is not going to fit in. And so so many of these college spaces aren't becoming a space where there's a lot of free thinking allowed. There, there's almost a control happening to where if you don't have a certain point of view – you're not able to to speak. And so you, you drop a documentary into this space where you're starting to tell some different stories. You're starting to help people see, like, look, we can all talk about these things. We don't have to censor ourselves or be in spaces that are censored. And I'm curious, how's that going? Like, what's the response from students who, you know, see a film like this or are just given space to talk through the complexities?
1: Right. Right. No, you're you're exactly right. And I I would I would uh, I would distill the problem that you are uh, you're touching at there as um, just a growing illiberalism uh, on campuses uh, and and really more so than just campuses. But I think like like so much in American life, um, what starts on the campus doesn't doesn't end on the campus. And we're seeing that kind of illiberalism. In so many different corners, uh, and it's not just uh, it's not just the illiberalism of of one side of the political aisle. There's a true uh, illiberalism happening on the left and on the right when you talk about politics and these kinds of issues. Um, Can you define illiberalism for people who aren't familiar with that term? Sure, sure. So it's it's I think it's actually best defined for people who wouldn't be familiar with the term with that with that data that, that you just highlighted of this feeling of I. I don't want to say the wrong thing, even though I don't even know what the right or wrong thing is here on this political issue, for fear of being attacked. Uh, being marginalized as a result um, and it's it's this it's the so another word is this sort of growing rigid tribalism of you're either in or you're out of this of this group um, losing yourself in in this in this group so liberalism uh, and illiberalism are are political science nerd terms that we would talk about at a place like like eight yeah, I hear in Washington, D.C. But I think just that that experience of so classical liberalism would be living in a pluralistic society where we can disagree without dehumanizing one another. Um, and a liberalism uh, is is what we're seeing where where you have that sort of knee jerk emotion to say, I, I don't I don't want to say anything because I don't want to be out of step with 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 my tribe or even my context. Right. So a conservative student at a at a progressive uh, at, a, at a very progressive university would, would often feel that sort of bearing down on them. I think for us what what I would say i'm am encouraged by is the kinds of students that um, are attracted to our programs are students that are looking for a refuge from all of that and to be challenged and we We have students i mean Aei uh, attracts students to our summer uh, summer programming. Here, we have a couple hundred students coming through the building for a variety of week-long seminars with our scholars and other professors in our network to talk about these big policy and cultural issues. And we have students uh, really from, from all, all sorts of political persuasions, conservatives, progressives, moderates. And what's, what's really exciting for us is to be able to have this space where students are respected. Um, and, 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 and the discourse is at a higher level where instead of saying, uh, instead of just teaching people talking points of how to, uh, how to say that, um, their, their fellow student is, is wrong or immoral or evil. Um, they can, they can have conversations and, and discuss things. And, you know, I think this is really important because when I think of who I needed when I was younger, when I was a college student, i didn 't know what i didn 't know yet, and I had some political ideas and some opinions, and might even have called them convictions at the time uh, but it 's the people who can come alongside you and help you think well and think critically yeah. about about issues and and help you learn what you what you didn 't know so for us in our corner of this conversation. It's been going really well. I think the documentary has, has really helped that because it gives, it gives students um, a look into people like Justin uh, who, are doing, who are doing this well and with integrity. Uh, and that's the last thing I'll say is I think there are, when it comes to our students and what I've seen in, in this rising generation, I, I've seen a real, a real desire for integrity and I use that not just integrity of the idea of standing for moral principles, although that's that's really important to be people of people of truth, uh, especially especially uh, right now for christians but but I use integrity in the sense of a desire uh, for your life to be whole and and undivided, that you're not a hypocrite and you're not just using politics as a means to an end uh, and there's that real desire for integrity in this generation and and I hope that the people that we are uh, that we are platforming uh, for them to learn from and to learn alongside our people of of integrity, um, because that's, that's what they desire.
2: Right. Well, as you mentioned, I mean, the college campus is this perfect place to demonstrate and to illustrate a public square that is pluralistic, right? It should be at least where people come from very different backgrounds, different religious beliefs, maybe no belief at all, and they're given the space to like talk about ideas and to try to understand what is true, what is not true, philosophy, all all of the great subjects that are so important to form uh, a new generation. Um, in that space, from your perspective, I mean, how should a Christian who's in that space, somebody who wants to find what is actually true, but we're in a culture that views truth as very arbitrary. It's mm. whatever you think it is, and your truth is not my truth. And we hear those phrases uh, so commonly now that um we almost roll our eyes or or maybe we just start to believe like maybe that's true but i think in your pursuit and what we're trying to do here is find what is actually true mm-hmm. so how do we how do we try to advocate for truth in this context that doesn't necessarily regard there being a single way of seeing issues or or foundational moral arguments.
1: Well, I think for for me speaking speaking as a Christian, uh, it it really is a matter of being back to the basics. Being somebody who, uh, if I want to be of truth, I have to go where truth is found, uh, which for me is in is is in the Word of God, in the Scriptures. I think about uh, I think about Philippians Philippians four. What whatever is whatever is true, whatever is good, whatever is noble. Whatever is commendable and excellent, think about these things. Uh, and and so for me, it it starts with being somebody who's who's grounded in the truth of of God's word, uh, and 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 grounded in in a local body of believers by being a member of a local church. Um, that's where I think it it has to start for Christians engaged in in this culture where we are not going to agree on everything. But I think if we can be grounded. In, in the truth of who God says we are that we are actually uh we we, we are made in his image we are uh we are both uh, more sinful than we would like to think of ourselves and yet we are infinitely more loved in Christ than we than we could ever even imagine or put a word to I think that's for Christians where it starts to be grounded in that sense so that so that you can go out into the public square and have all sorts of conversations with people uh, that you might disagree with on any number of issues. But if if you start from from God's truth and and see your neighbor as somebody made in his image and and worth immeasurable dignity and value, uh, I think that will go a long way for people to feel respected and to feel seen, so that even when we disagree, we're not dehumanizing the other person,
2: and and we're coming alongside them as their neighbor. I know that is such a good distinction to to just come back to as foundational, as just viewing other people in the image of God. Um, another term you use a lot in the documentary, and we love this documentary. Like I said, it's it's they can view it um, at qideas.org at our Q Media app or location. Um, and people can get that actually for a free trial. So if you go to qideas.org slash trial and you're hearing this documentary and what we're talking about, and you're like, I'd really like to see it. That's where you can go see that at no cost. Um, but we also you use the term public life a lot Mm -hmm. and that's a term that some people aren't as familiar with, or they're trying to understand what, what is public life versus private life? (laughs) And how do we think about that term as it relates to politics? And are there some areas that, you know, don't fall within politics, but they do fall within public life? Could you just tell us more about that concept?
1: Sure. So, uh, in, in some ways, like, like all rhetoric, uh, words matter because of what, uh, you know, the imagery that it conjures up in our minds. So if we we were to bring forward uh, an initiative on faith and politics— um, although I think politics is important, that people often sort of immediately uh, get trapped in the sort of binary whether it 's the binary of Congress, uh, you know congressional debates or arguments on twitter um, but we, we wanted to use the term public life because we we want to equip Christians uh, to think about all the different areas in which they 're interacting with with their neighbors uh, and and striving toward toward the common Toward the common good, and so you know, so this is this is everything, uh, that, you know, this is everything from economics and business, society, culture, and yes, politics and and public policy. But um, as an example of that, I mean, we we just my team and I just got back as we we're recording this uh, from a weekend in Chicago where we were working primarily with with business and economics students and, and MBA students thinking about entrepreneurship and faith. I mean, that that's a part of public life and. Our think tank here, AEI, was originated to make a case for the free enterprise system uh, and to do scholarship and research that, su- that supported uh, the benefits of the free enterprise system to a society. Well, that's, that's bigger than, than politics and, and who's in elected office and, and the, the debates of Washington, D.C., uh, and, and that's really important for us because, uh, you know, we, we want to bring a distinctly Christian perspective for students to be equipped on a whole range of, of relevant topics that is bigger than just, you know, what each party is, uh, is, uh, standing and yelling about at any given moment. Right. Um,
2: we also know in the next generation, we're dealing with even more mental health concerns mm. and anxiety, depression about the nature of where the world's going. I think some of the latest, most recent polling showing that for the first time, so many more Americans see us heading towards a future. That's not good. Um, there's a lot of despair essentially, and when we have despair, I mean, as christians we're called to have hope we are, we're not allowed to like live in that way, even though it comes against us, it confronts us, it can overwhelm us. We have a different way that we have to see a future, and I see that playing out in this film, the way that you follow these characters, and there's a constant sense of just hope that's driving what they're doing, even if the circumstances around them are saying something different um What is that hope and and how how did you see encouragement when you watch this, or when you see students watch this? How does it bring encouragement to them when they when they see characters trying to live that out against the challenges of despair that can o- otherwise overwhelm
1: us? Man, that that is very true. Um, uh, just the 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 issue that you know that you laid out about a. a- and, and i'm actually really thankful for a greater recognition of mental health uh that this past this past year and a half has has brought into into conversations and and it's been it's been something of of my own struggle um and uh seeking seeking healing through counseling and and i'm just i personally am grateful that we're talking about mental health more often uh in public life and I, and i think you know watching people like justin or, or Sarah or Senator Tim Scott or, or many others that are that are featured in this film uh, professors, other journalists, uh, other clergy. I think it's encouraging for students to see people who are doing this who are, who are doing this well, who are engaging in these issues, like I said with with integrity. I think it's encouraging because often students don't know the how because they they haven't seen it done well because so much of american institutional life American public life uh, is is fractured and is not healthy right now and oftentimes we if you 're looking on social media or cable news or any of the any of the sort of you know, national overviews of the country you 're not seeing much health in institutional life because there 's something about those um, those platforms that attract uh, the most unhealthy to get the most engaged and to and to want to be out there the most, and so the people that are healthy are the ones who are who are in in many ways serving at the margins and and I think I, I hope that our film shows those people doing it well who might might otherwise not not be platformed in a way that that others who uh, you know, who, who are not, not as healthy. So I, th- I think it's been encouraging, encouraging to them in that sense, at least in the conversations that I've had with, with students and others who have seen the film um, that's often a takeaway of, Oh, wow. I, I, I have a new way to think about, to think about engaging in issues of policy because I saw the story of a woman, Sarah and who is serving in her local, in her local town board and in, in a city council, Maybe that's something that that I ought to consider, so I think it gives students the how to how to pursue integrity in in public life. well, I
2: think the good news about the last couple of years is there's been a real rise in awareness about how much local politics matters, how you know our towns and cities are governed, how that decision making power plays out in the role of our lives um, because of the reaction by the government to covid so we've we've started to see how much local governments can create very different environments for people based on the state you live in, the city that you live in. And I do think more people are taking a look at it and they're going, maybe I should volunteer. Maybe I should be more involved. There should be more civic engagement. And so I think the timing of this documentary, Love of Neighbor for the Love of Neighbor Politics for the Common Good comes at a perfect time for people to just go, okay, if I wanted to do that, like, how would I do that? And how would I do that in a way that's contributing to the good of all all my neighbors and is not going to continue the divisiveness. Um, But one final question, a lot of our people listening and part of the Q community are involved in various various aspects of, of life and careers and industry, and some of them are politics or professionally involved in government and working in that sphere, but many would not be. What would you hope their takeaway would be? Why should someone that's not involved in politics watch this documentary, consider watching it maybe with their kids or or their friends and having a conversation around it. What are, what are your
1: hopes for them? Hmm. Well, that's a, that's a great question. And I think, uh, I would just say this, if, if anything that, you know, that we've, that we've shared of, of this film is, is at all, um, spiking some, some interest or sort of some curiosity, I would say, um, my my hope for this film, and again, I, I think it I think it bears out with the people who have seen it, and the way that way that conversations have gone after the film's come out, that it really is a breath of fresh air uh, for people who who are unsatisfied with with the state of American public life right now, uh, and maybe even especially for Christians who are unsatisfied. With the state of Christian political engagement, Christian engagement in issues of public life, and in the documentary, we go into we we really start out by asking the question: Why bother with all of this? Because there is such a deep exhaustion uh, with with the things of of the public square. Uh, but I think when you when you hear from from the people that 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 we showcase in the film, uh, these people who are truly serving at the margins, taking care of the vulnerable. Uh, and view public policy, uh, public life, uh, engagement in these issues as a real calling from the Lord to to live out that greatest commandment of of loving the Lord your God and loving your neighbor as yourself. I think you'll find it as a as a breath of fresh air. And 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 it doesn't mean we have the perfect solution. I don't think anybody in our film would would claim to have that. I mean, we are talking about imperfect solutions when we're talking about politics and and the public square. Uh, but it really. It really shows in this documentary how to put your faith to to care for your neighbor as yourself, uh, in into action. And so, I think these stories. Um, every time I watch the film, I'm reminded uh, of oh, we we can do this well. It is possible uh, to be a Christian in the public square in America in 2021 or or beyond, and and do this and do this well. And uh, there there are people in whose footsteps. Uh, I view it as a real honor and privilege uh, to follow behind them in the great in the great work that they're doing. Yeah. Well
2: Jeff, thank you for the work that you guys are doing and for everybody listening. Remember you can watch for the love of neighbor, politics for the common good on Q Media at qideas.org slash trial. Get your free trial. If you're already subscribing, you can go in there and look at that under our film section and you'll hear from some more voices not only Justin but other people who have been a part of our Q uh, gatherings and conversations such as Senator Ben Sass Arthur Brooks from Harvard David French Greg Thompson Russell Moore Sherry Harder Tim Scott I mean it's a it's an incredible group of people who have already been contributing to so much of this type of work but pulls it together for those of you who are saying, I want to introduce my friends to thinking about the common good, to a whole different view of politics. Maybe you've seen them get really entranced with our current modern vision of politics, and you need to snap them out of it. (laughs) This is a great way (laughs) to do that and to create a new kind of conversation. So Jeff, thank you for your work and for the work of AEI and for bringing this uh, to our attention.
0: Well, again, this is Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons, and that was Gabe's conversation with Jeff Pickering, the Faith and Public Life Director at the American Enterprise Institute, talking about politics, faith, and public life. Again, one of those hard conversations that needs to be had, but also one that Q seeks to facilitate through programs like this Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons, with the content you can take in on the Q Media platform as a subscriber, and through events like the recent Next Gen Summit I mentioned at the start of the show, and of course, Of course, there's the annual Q Conference, or as they're now called, the Culture Summit. And although it's only December, now is a great time to make plans. Maybe even think of this as some Christmas gifts, getting together some friends and reserving some spots at the 2022 Culture Summit in Nashville, April 28th and 29th. Gabe and his team are still working on the speaker list and all the sessions. But if you've listened to Q Ideas for any length of time, you know that whatever needs to be talked about, Gabe and his team will find some thought leaders who will address it with a gospel perspective. To register, go to this special website, qideas.org slash CS 2022. Again, qideas.org slash CS 2022. Well, thanks again for listening to Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons for this week. I'm Paul Perot On behalf of Gabe, we both hope you have a blessed week and that you can join us again next time.